Hey, you guys. <laughs> you already. It's your girl, Cocaine Kisses. I'm in the building. You in the building. It's fucking Friday and we here. So let's just, yeah, just get right to it. Right? Shall we? Let's go. Ignition sequence has started. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. We have commit and we have liftoff at 213. The Saturn V building up to 7.6 million pounds of thrust and it is... You're jamming with the hottest disc jockey. Disc jockey. Whatever.
you Netherlands. Shout out again to the two new countries. Appreciate you guys. about it for a second like I don't know I just be moving you guys I be moving it is it is Friday March the 12th and um how y'all doing I'm glad y'all here I'm glad to be here yeah um <laughs> a lot of shit to get to um first and foremost I do want to say mwah, thank you guys for being here um amongst other things that I want to uh talk to you about also, uh, I wanted to thank you guys for bear, bearing with me with the uh, first King of the Queens Part 2 uh, recap from me. Because it was very, very long. And so I am going to have to shorten that tremendously. But thank you for those who are still listening and those who has already um, have already listened. Um, yeah, I know this was a tad bit lengthy, but you know, I'm going to shorten it down as I, um, proceed to give you more of the commentary from that event from me, of course. Um, yeah. So, uh, let me see before I just jump into what the fuck I'm talking about today. Um, a couple of things on my, uh, me moment memo. I feel really fucking good today. You guys. I say that to say because as much as I keep my vibrations high every day, you know, isn't always a happy day, right? So sometimes we just play the hand we dealt type of shit. But, you know, I woke up really fucking happy. And it's not that anything stands out particularly why that is. Maybe just waking up in itself is enough. Amen? So... I don't know, but I'm feeling awesome today. So I truly am sending those vibes out to all of y'all who listening to me. I hope you feel just as good as I fucking look. 
yeah, because I look good, motherfucker. Yes, I do. Google me. I look good. But, um, and I know you look good, and I hope you feel good too, right? So, a couple of other things I did want to, um, point out. Oh, but before I even do that, shout out to all my Caribbean people. I, because you know, I don't know. Listen, I come from a different era, you guys. Okay, I was a teenager in the fucking 90s. Dance hall was everything. You heard? And, um, told y'all I feel happy. So that was the music I channeled. Like, that was what I needed to hear. And that's what I played. And So shout out to all my Trinidadians, my Jamaicans, Antiguans, um, Bayesians, uh, you know, uh, if I'm leaving anybody out, all the Caribbeans, you know, um, shout out to y'all. I love y'all to life. Um, father's side of the family is from Barbados. But um, the energy is always on go. Like, huh, to be in a house party in the 90s when that came on. No, 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 no. Oh, nah, you crazy. I don't give a fuck if you didn't know the words. You was acting like you knew what the fuck. I know I was. Don't ask me what I thought I was saying. I'm so glad they got lyrics now. <laughs> I ain't ashamed to say it. Yeah, I was saying all kind of shit that was wrong, but I knew that song, though. So shout out to all my Caribbean people this morning. <clears throat> shout out to everybody, but yeah, I fucks with y'all. Um, Yeah, so while we in the you know, business of shouting people out, right? Um, I would like to shout out to new countries that have decided to lend me their listening ears. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know I'm definitely gonna show uh show love to them. I'm not sure if I got a chance to play um the Bahamas uh anthem, if you will, but uh if I didn't, then you know. At a later date, if not on this one, um, definitely I got you. Um, it's just something that I do. And by now, I'm pretty sure if you're still listening to me, you know this is what I do for every country that takes the time, whether it's one person or a hundred, to listen to my my podcast. I truly appreciate you. Um, so yeah, I got the Netherlands in the fucking building. But Amsterdam, would it be that's listening to me? So, yeah, that sounds about right. I can't wait till I go where it is God is sending me. Like, uh, patience, patience, patience. But I'm getting there. Yeah, and one of the first places I'm going is to Amsterdam. So, shout out to you guys for listening in on me. I appreciate the love. Uh, second country that is now tuning in to me is Austria. Thank you, Austria. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the uh, support. And I hope you stick with me and, you know, tell a friend, tell a friend type of shit. You heard? So thank you. Um, If you're listening and you don't like me, thank you. Because you're still listening, niggas and bitches. Niggas and bitches. Um, So, uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. The love is always there from Cove. So thank you. Uh, And in turn, let me do what it is I do. 
Okay, so before I go into the shit that I'm gonna be talking about today, let me just tell you guys an update on me, right? If you care to know, right? I'm pretty sure you do. So you guys, March 17th, I will be starting my uh, LSAT prep course classes. All right, right? This is definitely huge for me. Um, if you don't already know, I think I've probably said this a thousand times already, but I as- uh, aspire to be a lawyer among a lot of other things, right? And so um, I actually took the LSAT, which is the exam you need to take to be accepted into law school. And I took it uh back in 2015 when I was pregnant with a door and I had not had you guys any former prep course studies uh none of that I just basically was I just basically received a book after I um what was it last it's a it's a it's a link or or, uh online you go to register to take the LSAT and they were the ones who sent me a book for me to study, which by the way, was a great tool to have, but I would have definitely benefited more had I had some like course prep and I didn't at the time. Plus getting those courses, if you are even fortunate to get them, aren't cheap, you guys. So you have Kaplan among other, you know, companies that, you know, will help you get a decent, if not amazing score. <laughs> you need an amazing, fuck decent. You need a, a score, um, a really good score, I would presume you trying to get to gain entry. And um, I couldn't afford that. So I said, well, all right, you know, I'm gonna read this book <laughs> and I'm gonna go for what I know. And so that's what I did, you guys. And at first you don't succeed, you try to fuck again, right? So I got like half of what, is required. So like the the highest is like 180, take half of that, which is not bad, but it certainly isn't what's needed to get into law school. You want to have at the least a 150 and that's even like, uh, you know, if you have 150, you score 150 with a solid GPA and you know other things in addition, maybe your 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 letter because it's a whole process to get in, into law school. If that's solid, solid, then you never know, right? But I wasn't confident with that score. And so when I attempted to benefit from my job, because you guys know I'm a paralegal, they had started giving um, ways for us to get LSAT uh, prep cor- courses and all that. It started conflicting with my schedule, you know? It's but so much you can do in a day. I'm working full time. I think I had just finished my master's and maybe like three or four months later they started this and I'm a single parent so it it was just too much you guys trying to juggle and so I started the classes but I had to stop but look at God because I get to start them again so I'm super excited you guys somebody listening you should be fucking excited for me because nigga I does this and um you never know God you know forbid but God willing I might just be having to represent you. So you would want to wish the best for Cole. (laughs) 
never know. You know what I mean? So I want to share that good news with you guys, and I'm super psyched about that. And so I'm fucking going in when those classes start. And if anybody knows me, anything that has to do with academia, I, I'm a beast. I don't just complete. I excel. I don't just graduate. I graduate with honors. I don't play around with this shit. I don't fuck around with it. I get in and I get in and I make my stance. So yay me. Moving forward though. <laughs> Let's get to the get to, right? Shall we? So I don't know if you guys know, but um, if you didn't, let me tell you. Apparently there was a uh, Foxy Brown and Little Kim single or song that um, never made it to the airwaves or the sound waves, I guess. We never heard this shit pretty much until like earlier this week. Um, And that's due to the fact that Fat Joe on his Instagram live um, actually had uh, producer Rashad Ringo Smith discussing um, the, like a, a brief snippet of the song. Now, the name of the song is titled Enjoy Yourself. It was uh, collaborated in 1997 and was supposed to be one of the songs on a joint album with Kim and Foxy titled Thelma and Louise that obviously never came to fruition. So um, it's kind of interesting that we're now hearing news of this um, this particular song. The snippet that was played actually uh, only contains Foxy's verse. Um, she does mention, you know, reference to a dynamic duo. But um, Kim's verse isn't on the snippet or at the very least it wasn't played and when uh joe asked about it uh rashad responded that you know soon come i guess um uh, yeah so you see that oh you see that y'all see that are we going there are we going there you see my arrow? Oh, listen. Hit all that. You see the arrow? I hear it. Money or your life, money or your wife. 
Shaw, but I never heard Kim come on after. Yo, you've been watching the Fat Joe show too much. I'm not, come on, nigga, I'm a part of the show. <laughs> Yo, Rashad, where's the little Kim burst? Oh, oh, hey, oh. I heard the boxy right now. I see both their picture. That means Kim is on a song. I don't think nobody knew they did this song together. Can we get a little snippet of the Kim verse? It's Biggie Day. Soon come. Soon come. Soon come. Just put it that way. Rashad, thank you for coming up on here, brother. <laughs> I love you. So, yeah, as you can see, or rather, as you heard, is what exactly I said. Um, now, I ain't even gonna hold you. I was rocking with it. What y'all think? No, seriously, I was rocking with it. And you know, it was typed low because of the way, you know, it was being played through, I guess, IG Live or whatever. But in my opinion, I was with it. <laughs> I definitely was like I wish y'all could have seen y'all probably if y'all did catch the IG y'all seen it yourselves um maybe it's a, a South Bronx thing like the nigga Joe was bopping to it he was he was with it too I was with it that it, it had that like originality of authentic female bars flow to it you know what I'm saying something as fire is timeless you dig it ain't gonna only be good because it was in that era it's gonna be good Whenever it get played, I don't give a fuck whatever it is, you heard? So that's what that was. And I was anticipating hearing how Kim, you know, went off on that. So they definitely, if um, if this song does exist the way they're indicating that it does, they need to get that out. I'm certainly would love to hear that. I want to bump that in the whip. Like, yeah, you know, those are the female rappers I was growing up under, um, in my teenage years listening to and you know being influenced uh lyrically by so yeah i'm excited for that and you know um especially since you know it's no secret that for decades at least two you know cam and fox for whatever reason i don't pretend to act like i know hasn't been you know on the same page or seen eye to eye it's been a lot of tension between them um which has caused, in my opinion, um, an inability to be able to flourish together and, and even greater. Maybe one felt they didn't need the other. I don't know. It could have been that type of situation. You know, shit, it's, it's tricky with females. I'm just going to keep it a buck. It's tricky with females and even more when money's involved. So whatever the situation was, it definitely affected you know their careers i'm gonna be honest because had they been able to collab which is what both fans whether they were you were a foxy or kim fan half the time you were both you know what i'm saying that's really at that time what we wanted regardless you know what i'm saying it's weird now people now want you to hate the other person it wasn't really like that you know what i'm saying we rock both these bitches shit. It just so happened they had some shit going on with each other but at the end of the day you know i definitely wish differences could have been put to the side and maybe perhaps they can now i don't know 
I don't know, but I know that um it was stated that uh both Foxy and Kim at one point was offered uh five hundred thousand dollars each just to show up at the hit factory. And this was told back in 2011 in Vibe. And apparently they never showed up. The project never happened. Both women's phones got cut off or they cut their phones off. It was no way to communicate. So, you know, that's kind of unfortunate that, you know, personal reasons or endeavors got in the way of, you know, business. That's just how I see it. I don't know. I don't pretend to know. I wasn't in that circle. I'm just observing this, the, the, the facts. You understand? But yeah, if that is a go, I look forward to hearing that. And, you know, I'm pretty sure some of you guys do too. So moving on. Okay, you guys. So um, I'm not sure if you recall this or not. I, I feel like a good amount of you guys do or will rather. Um, back in May of 2020, last year, there was a situation involving a traffic quote incident in which a 39 year old black man was shot. Now this happened out in Minnesota. You guys remember that? It was an officer, uh, Anthony James. Well, he wasn't an officer. I'm sorry. Let me not even say that before they'd be like, Cole said, no, I'm sorry. He wasn't an officer. It was a white man who decided to follow a black man during a traffic dispute that they had and he he shot him. The gentleman um name was Douglas Lewis. You guys remember that? I know a good amount of y'all do remember that. Um a Minnesota judge declared a mistrial, you guys, in the case of Anthony James Trivoletti. Now he was on trial for second degree murder. That's what they charged him with. And according to Ramsey County um, jurors, they said after much deliberation, they just could not reach a verdict in the case. Now, Mr. Uh, Trivoletti is still in custody. Certain bail conditions is uh, attached to him, and that's based on an order of Ramsey County, um, you know, judicial system. But uh, they are, according to the attorney's uh, office in Ramsey County, they they are saying they are looking to decide. Um, futuristically how to pursue a new trial in this matter if that's even possible so wow I'm just curious as to how the jurors got to a verdict of mistrial um now if many of y'all don't remember this incident Anthony Trivoletti got into an argument with Douglas Lewis and it had to deal with a, uh, it had to do with a, um, what do you call them shits? The fender bender. All right. This was out in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I got a lot of listeners out there in St. Paul, Minnesota. So shout out to you guys. And you know, I know 
how you guys must be feeling at this point um, with the judicial system. So um, they got into a little, you know, verbal dispute of some sort. And Anthony shoots him, him, Douglas Lewis, four times, claiming that he did it in self-defense. Anthony told the police, you guys, that two men pulled to the side of the road after the incident that took place on May 1st and that he took photos of the damage before even asking for insurance information. So this is when the two began to argue, allegedly, and eventually they got back into their own vehicles, right? Why this man thought it was his right and duty to follow the other person, I will never know. We probably will never know, but that's the facts. He followed Lewis until they pulled over again. Please keep in mind, no gun was found on Lewis. But according to Trivoletti, it's, you know, and it's so sad, people, that we've become a country that can rely on saying these very words. If you happen to be white, I'm not saying all white people do this, but if you happen to be white, you have a leg up when you shoot or kill our black asses by saying you were afraid for your life. It's like if you say that, it almost grants some type of immunity because if we were to say that nigga one you you're not even getting a chance to say that when i say we meaning black people i can't say i shot this motherfucker because i was fearful for my like you ain't hearing all that but it's you know baffling to me that when these type of stories and situations and circumstances come to light and we learn about these uh uh circumstances in the news this is usually the first defense people that happen to be white resort to. I'm trying to find out how could you, oh goodness, fear for your life if there was never a gun found, which means it's safe to say he didn't pull a gun out on you. So what are you scared of? The fact that he's black? I don't understand. That's not his fault. You see what this is going like, come on with it. But hey, this is what he said, guys. I'm not putting words in nobody's mouth. He claims he saw him reach into his waistband. Now, let me tell you something. I don't know too many motherfuckers, black motherfuckers, that ain't got a gun and gonna reach like they got one. Who are you talking to right now? Really? But okay. He reached into his waistband and he was afraid for his life don't you know nigga if he was reaching for his waistband you'd have been shot what the fuck you do what black nigga did that <laughs> got to be out your motherfucking mind who y'all talking to look this is just how stupid or just how much they don't give a fuck and the narrative they shoot to us but uh he states he was afraid for his life before he fired six shots at Lewis. Four hit him. And uh, unfortunately, 
Mr. Lewis died at a uh, local hospital. So this is just appalling and disturbing. And it's just like more and more situations, less and less results that benefit our community and benefit justice. Not even just our community, benefit justice in its totality. Where's the justice here? Mistrial, how? What other evidence, facts, witness statements did y'all need to come to a verdict? Where's the, again, I'm not a juror. I was, I didn't sit on this case. <laughs> I'm just curious as to who these jurors were. And uh, yeah, how'd you determine and why you determined this to be a mistrial? That's all I'm saying. Uh, you have witnesses that basically disputed uh, Anthony's recollection of what happened that day. Um, especially when it came to the accusations that Lewis had an, uh, a firearm and was yelling out gang affiliations. That's another one. Because once you no longer speak in those inside voices where they can still feel like they're in control of the situation the minute your voice raise an octave and trust me I know because I'm a loud motherfucker you heard anybody who knows me knows my voice projects the second and that's, and that's just a regular conversation with me regular regular degular shit yeah I have moments where if I wanted to I could speak even tone but generally I don't because what the fuck for I'm talking how I talk some people and you don't have control over what other people feel or think get intimidated by that strength and tone and then they tell themselves they're attacking me I was threatened I felt you know get the fuck out of here I listen I don't got control over what you felt I can only tell you what I did what you took it as is on you but um yeah, witnesses um, stated that they tried to save uh, Mr. Lewis's life only for uh, Trivoletti to shoot him and flee the scene. And the only reason why he came back to the scene of the crime is because he called his daddy who told him to go back to the scene of the crime. Like, are we, are you kidding me? Uh, Valerie Lewis was quoted, which is the sister of, uh, Douglas Lewis. She was quoted, uh, in star, uh, last year stating this, making this statement. She said, white people can get away with killing a black man by saying they were afraid. He has brought great, uh, great pain to my family. And I am so sorry for your loss, you know, to the entire family, still, uh, prayers and, and, and condolences and healing out to you guys and the friends and the people from that community who was affected by it and still being affected and racially profiled and dealt with injustice, injustice, injustly, yeah, unjustly. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. unjustly, um, by actions like this, similar it's not okay. It's not okay. And so I just want to give you guys an update on what happened with that case and that situation. I'm praying that um, they are able to take this back to the appropriate channels of uh, court and, you know, go about it in a way where justice does prevail. 
so yeah that's that what strikes me as just like how dare you guys not even <sighs> Trivoletti, right had a situation with a whole nother family in which he harmed th- a person in there and that family the guy name I think is uh Ricardo Torres He crashed. Now, this is Trivoletti I'm talking about. He crashed his motorcycle into Taurus's vehicle. And that gentleman died as a result of the incident. But Trivoletti was never charged. So, this is just, this is outrageous. You can't make this shit up, you guys. You can't, and you can't get mad at people for speaking on it because this is the facts. This is what is happening. This is the information that is being put out there. That's that, that's just what it is. And if a, a blind's eye is continued to keep being shown, what do you expect people to do? It's just like sometimes you got to wonder why black people feel like there's two different systems. Because it's like when you do wrong, they throw the whole fucking book at you. But when a person, another person that is not you, does something not as near as bad or if worse than you, these motherfuckers getting options, uh, house arrest and all kind of nice probations and 30 days in jail and then shit is like a resort and... Come on, man. And you don't expect people to see the shit for what it is, especially if they happen to be one of those people affected by the fucking uh, uh, injustice-ass criminal justice system. But hey, what do I know, right? I'm just a fucking paralegal with a master's in criminal justice. But moving along, though, moving along. Again, my heart goes out to you, Minnesota, St. Paul. Now this shit right here, this is some weirdo shit right here because this is literally, in my opinion, the pot calling the fucking kettle black. An insider, uh, an article came out about Candace Owens slamming Meghan Markle during the uh, Oprah interview, mm-hmm. suggesting she isn't black enough to be a victim of racism. If Lord have mercy. You know, I just don't know sometimes with Candace. I, I don't think she knows either. I don't know what side. Like, well, what's your angle? <laughs> what's your motherfucking angle? Because are you certainly in a position to make that statement? How would you know? Hmm? The person who seems to think, you know, black people got it easy and... Your philosophy and just your way of thinking, Candace, if you ever listen to me, is very fucking jaded. So I'm just quite uh, in shock that you would even make this sort of statement. So I'm guessing you want relevance. You wanted to give people something to put your name in to bring highlights to you, right? So you did. 
We're going to talk about what it is you fucking said. Because that's what you wanted. (laughs) This here is some real messy shit, you guys. And I, for one, you know, I didn't watch the interview yet. It didn't. And I'm going to just be honest. Nothing against it, right? I just wasn't... uh, How you say? I wasn't moved to watch it. I wasn't compelled. I wasn't drawn thank you spirit i wasn't drawn to watch it um and it was no reason in particular other than i just didn't care to watch it you know but apparently um candace owens and a lot of others obviously watched the interview and in this interview with uh megan markle her husband and uh oprah oh excuse me i'm sorry you guys i was drinking some tea um, Prince Harry, um, she indicates the reasons or reasons for why, you know, they left the whole royal empire. Um, she also goes, um, to discuss moments of, um, moments when she had suicidal thoughts and, um, the concerns that were coming to her from allegedly the royals stating that her that they excuse me were becoming concerned about the possibilities of their son getting darker you know his skin melanin getting dark prince harry though um during this interview did state that the british press was very racist um and that he believed racism was part of the reason um, that they had to make the kind of moves they made. Like he, he said, he, it's like you can feel it, you know it. It's it, 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 just because somebody tell you that's not what it is. You know, it's like a person who tries to act like they not giving off vibes that they don't like you, but then when you confront them and be like, "Yo, what's up? Is there a problem? You don't like me or something?" Because you, because they shooting out, you know, bad vibes, and then they. Look at you and lie right in your face like, no, I don't not not like you. No, we don't have a problem. No, it's not what you picking up. And then you go, all right, and you walk off and they do the very same shit all over again. It's that kind of energy. But getting back to Candace, uh, she made a statement in regards to whether or not she truly believed that Megan's son would even be at the receiving end of any form of racism, social injustice, or otherwise, um, due to the fact that his skin is not a tone of any dark complexion. You probably would not assume that he's black as he grows up, possibly, because it's not, you know, that typical skin of African-Americans, which we know we all come in different shades, but when you dark, you know you black. When you fair-skinned black, the possibility never comes in anybody's head that you're just all black. You automatically get sized with, she must be mixed with something. He must be mixed with something. He's black and such and such. You dig? Because of the color of your skin. So, Candace said, that you would not be able to discern just by looking at Megan that she's even black. So how could she be so concerned or affected by 
alleged racism when you don't even look like the culture you're alleging is being discriminated against. You don't look like that. See, it's, it, this, and this is why I said this is messy. Two black women, like this is really fucking sad and messy. And this is why black people, we can't get nowhere because we tear each other down from the inside. Look, case in point. Owen said, if you've seen a picture of Archie, and this is verbatim, you guys, these are not my words, quote, and I quote, if you've seen a picture of Archie and you believe that he has suffered anti-black racism, then I'm a Nigerian prince and give me your credit card details. It's so ridiculous. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. That's how much she fucking uh, 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 believes that. She said, y'all sc- she said they scamming. Unbelievable. You know, uh, in, um, in the interview that, uh, Owens, Candace Owens did, uh, with, with, uh, Hannity, she, uh, went on to defend Piers Morgan, who, uh, just this Tuesday quit the ITV show, Good Morning uh, Britain, after receiving so much widespread criticism for some comments he made regarding Markle's discussion of her mental stability and health during the Oprah uh, interview. But you know, Candace is very confrontational. So she, and she has her right to, felt that what Piers Morgan said was what she and many others felt and agreed even themselves. She said, Megan can't even keep her story straight. If anyone remembers about three years ago, she said in a panel that she does not read newspapers. She does not check social media because she doesn't like to read stories about her. Well, I guess that's not true because she's now telling everybody that she was suicidal because of bad press. You know, this is again, messy. What makes you think something that she said three years ago, she she doesn't have a right to change her mind and do something different? Maybe three years ago that was accurate. And maybe the following year, or maybe just six months ago, she decided. So, you know, your, your comeback is weak to me, Candace. Like that, I'm, that holds no, no water to me. Because what was three years ago was three years ago. Right? She's not entitled to do something different than what she was doing at that time. That you sound stupid for that, in my opinion. That's a very ignorant statement to make on the truthfulness of what somebody's saying. So you're saying she should not be taken in her truth because she said that this three years ago? Well, that was three years ago. Three years ago, I might not have liked broccoli. But maybe a week ago, I decided, you know what, let me try broccoli. I tried it, and now I'm telling people, hey, I like broccoli. What you gonna tell me? Oh, but three years ago, you said you didn't like it. Bitch, that was three years ago. I tried it today. I fucking like it. What the fuck? Anyway. I guess uh, Piers um, Morgan believed Megan was lying as well as Owens obviously does. 
and she stated that you know she felt like they're not allowed to have an opinion anymore well maybe that goes both ways because no one in theory seems to be able to have an opinion unless the opinion is of those that want the opinion to be you know put out there so it depends on what side of the fence and anything that's discussed there's always going to be an opposing side that feels like I'm not being heard or they won't allow me so yeah join the club on that one because the same way you feel you aren't allowed to have an opinion anymore so the fuck do many of us on various fucking topics yeah that part so yeah I thought I'd just let you guys know about that about that (laughs) so you guys in hip hop uh, big shout out goes to Cardi B for breaking records as being the first female to I believe go diamond uh, off of a single yeah yeah so I believe March the 9th is when they declared this Her single, um, Bodak Yellow, is what gave her the Diamond uh, Single Certification. Shout out to her for that. That's a South Bronx native. You know, Cardi is Cardi. Um, but moving forward, yeah, that is um amazing accomplishment for her. I know she's really taking it all in. Uh, that's huge. I actually thought... It was Lauren Hill, but it was the classification that I got confused with. Um, so it wasn't. It, it. So again, congratulations to Cardi for accomplishing that. And um, I know she is looking forward to much more success in her near future. So yeah, moving forward, but keeping it in the media though. Keeping it in the media though. Did y'all hear about this Timberland and Aaliyah shit? Mm, 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 mm. Lord have mercy. I love you, Timberland, but I think what you said, or rather how you said what you said, got taken very wrong. Like, people took it very... I don't know. I don't know if we took it out of content, not we meaning me. I don't know. Maybe a little bit me. A little bit. But I know the majority of people who heard about what I'm getting ready to discuss really was weirded out about it. So much so that somebody wrote an article about it. So the internet just like went crazy once it got a wind of a remark that was uh, made by Timbaland in which he was discussing um, the late great Aaliyah and... uh, Something that he said might have rubbed people the wrong way. Um, He said, when I first met Aaliyah, um, it's time for the world to hear this. I'm going to give a little secret. I was in love with her. I said, but I'm not. She's just a baby. I'm old. Okay, so at the time that Timberland made 
the time that he's talking about when he felt allegedly as he states to us he felt he was 23 years old Aaliyah I believe what could have been anywhere between 14 to 16 um in fact she was she was 16 she was 16 so I don't even, you know, these, it's these type of things that make it so difficult for people to feel like, can I say something about that and not face all kind of controversy? And I'm going to just be honest. It doesn't matter what you say in life. You're always going to piss somebody off, right? So as long as you live in your truth, you should be okay with that. I know I am. I can't please every fucking body. Lord knows Cole ain't trying. Only person I'm trying to please is God, right? So if he okay with what the fuck comes out my mouth, then y'all more than okay. You already. Now, I can understand the concern for why people looked at the statement he said and was possibly uncomfortable. By not just that, but by also admitting that, you know, one of... the reasons he knew he was going to marry his wife when he first met uh, met her was because she looked to him like Aaliyah. So, wow. I don't know how his wife feels about the comment, if she takes it as a compliment or if she takes it as, you know, eerie. You know, it, 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 we're not her. So, in all actuality, what... The only person that comment should really truly affect is her, right? Because she's the one directly involved in it. But when we go as far as to like point fingers, and again, I am not a supporter of uh, anything that has to do with pedophilia or, you know, underage sex. No, co is not. However, I don't want you guys to become so caught up in a cause or, you know, quick to want to point fingers of something being, quote, incorrect, that you don't take the time to really look at what it is you're saying. 16 and 23. Okay, yes, technically, that is not an adult, right? Definitely is not making any qualms about that because I cannot. But what I can say is this much. I was around in this era, growing up in this era, as a teenager in this era, okay? And there was nothing in that era, during that era, anybody really found weird about a 16-year-old and a 23-year-old being together. If you're from my era and you say that it was, you're lying. What state are you from? Please call me and let me know. Because I'm from New York, and I'm going to tell you, them girls that was fucking 14, still in junior high school. I had junior high school girlfriends. That's why that R. Kelly shit, and I really don't touch too much on it, because a lot of y'all not living in y'all truth when y'all try to assassinate that man for the shit that he did. I'm not here to say whether it was right or wrong, but I'm here to say don't act like y'all didn't know that was the era shit was going on. Um, Shit was going on and during that time frame. And if you feel so fucked, up about it now why wasn't you equally if you was around then just as fucking fucked up about it when something could have been done in the time like i don't be believing people all the time when they want to come out with these oh this is wrong ah, ah, ah. 
whatever. I'm just saying, as a woman who's 38 years old, I knew a lot of girls, young girls, teenagers, that at the age of 16 was dating dudes older than that. At least he spoke the truth about how he felt, but he didn't act on it. So while we condemning and bashing this nigga because he spoke his truth, because he said he was attracted or he was in love, he didn't act on it. So we crucified, cause you can't even, let me tell y'all crazy y'all sound for doing this. That's why I hate social media now. In the court of law, you can never charge somebody by just what they thought alone, never. There has to be action behind the thought to even look at it as a fucking crime. So this self-righteousness that people have adopted on their backs and feel compelled through tweets and fucking posts and all type of other fuckery ways of social media just to be heard. My nigga, cut it out, y'all. That was unnecessary. For those who really did get offended by it, you know, I'm sorry that you're offended. I can see why you would be uncomfortable with what he said, but not to the point where niggas was acting like Timberland was fucking her. Like, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all quit the wanna point fingers. Y'all don't know the saying? When you point one, it's three coming back pointed at you. Y'all better be careful out here. I just don't understand why we just blew that all out of proportion. I mean, There's no need to reach for shit like this. Like, you know, he did an interview. He was honest about his feelings for a young lady that he did not act upon those feelings as far as we know, right? Because he didn't say he did. She didn't say she did. So, you know, this is why we live in a world where people don't speak their truth. Because the truth gets fucking crucified, but lies can just swim around this bitch like it's the ocean. Woo! Room, room, room. More room, more room. Fucking find an emo out this bitch. All right, you know. Um, since we staying on media, let me hit you with this last media coverage, and then I'm gonna get to. Dun, 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 dun. Everybody in the United States of America, the latest on your stimulus, your stimulus package. <laughs> you know you want to know if you don't already fucking know. So, keeping it in the Timberland hot seat, uh, unfortunately, baby, you know, these motherfuckers here, uh, Swiss Beats and Timberland had to respond to Michael Rainey Jr. Now, if you don't know him by that name, you know him best as Tariq in power. Um, recently he made a statement in regards to Versus, um, becoming part of Triller's, uh, acquisition if you will, um, and Michael took that as a form of them being sellouts. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, he did. He definitely did say that. So I guess Michael felt like, you know, and I'm going to, uh, state what he said, end quote. He said, um, can't ever just have something of our own. It's always about the money. Cool move, but these niggas is they'll sell out and I would presume he feels this way because versus started during the COVID uh pandemic as we all know and it was very independent 
seriously independent. It had no affiliations as far as we know, um, to deal with any like real moguls or, you know, those people. It was more independent with Swiss Beats, uh, Swiss Beats and Timbaland being the orchestrators, creators of this new project, which was a phenomenal concept indeed. But I guess what Michael was expressing is that the minute we independently as entrepreneurs do something amazing before we'll stand our ground and capitalize in ourselves we allow ourselves to be what he might feel is like puppeteered and grandfathered under someone else for the love of money that's pretty much what he's saying um Swiss, Swizzy, Swiss responded by saying, but we own Trilla. With a shrug, you know, the laughing, crying emoji. Yeah, this was in an Instagram comment. So, um, the, the thing is this, these deals that Swiss and Timberland These deals they just made have a lot to do with a large shareholder advantage for them within the Trilla network. A lot of people don't understand and they're confused as to what actually this deal entails. However, versus you guys wasn't sold to Trilla. No more than it was incorporated into the existing Triller network. So I think it was, you know, important for you guys to kind of understand what that means when you heard or you hear this is what just happened with Versus. Rainy, Michael that is, did respond and he said, they made 40 plus people large share here uh, shareholders of Triller, so that's wavy. But I wish they would have just kept full ownership. So again, you it, it, it's pretty much what I just said. He's more focused on, you know, I hear you talking and cool. They allow 40 motherfuckers to as a percentage uh share in the cumulative um share um um sharing of the of, of this you know large shareholding shit yeah yeah tongue tongue tied yeah <laughs> but no yeah i get him i totally fucking get him he's still saying though that's cool but i still feel like you guys should just kept it all y'all like whatever they're offering you why couldn't you do that the way you guys did this? Why couldn't you just keep it amongst you two or amongst you and your camp? And I guess, again, Swiss is like, what are you talking about? We, uh, yeah. It's ours. We own Trilla. But do you own 100%? And I think that's the key point Michael was trying to make you guys because you we can all have shares into shit you know what I mean like I'm pretty sure you guys like me have shares into certain investments and 
Bitcoin and things like that. But at the end of the day, you have a share or a percentage of a share in a specific uh, company item or whatever it is you got that share in, but you probably don't have 100% of that belonging to you. No, you don't. Not if 40 other people also are part of that large shareholding process. So those who did compete in the versus series, um, did, um, allocate a portion of Swiss and Timberland's equity. So that includes, uh, John Legend, Gucci, uh, Gucci, Patty LaBelle and, uh, D'Angelo. Swiss Beast uh, stated that this is a this is a monumental occasion. Not only not only for verses and Trilla, but the music business as a whole. He stated by putting verses in the Trilla network ecosystem and expanding the brand to be side by side with the powerful Triller app, we will be able to continue to grow and evolve the music business as a whole, as we have been doing. So, you know, I ain't mad at you, Swiss. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm fair game. But everybody, because everybody's entitled to voice their opinion. You know what I'm saying? I see Michael's perception, and I definitely see Swiss perception as well. So in a situation like that, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about listening to the arguments. And I don't mean arguments in a like confrontational matter. I mean the arguments, meaning, you know, their statements, their their stands on on a particular topic and why it is they feel that way. So, yeah, I heard you. I heard you, Michael. I heard you. All right, let's get down to the money, right? I hear somebody like, what's going on with our money, Co? <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm finna tell you what's going on with your money. If you getting some money, all right? Okay, so citizens of the United States of America, I got a couple of states. I got about 34 states, you guys, that listen to me. So I love all of you. Mm, let me tell you what's going on with your motherfucking money. That $1,400 you waiting for, well, let's just uh, be clear. It was signed, okay? Now, this is a $1.9 trillion fucking dollar uh, law. It's called the American Rescue Plan that took effect on Thursday, okay? Uh... That's a lot of fucking money, all right? And it's going to be um, distributed amongst unemployment, uh, direct cash, and other resources directly uh, related to cor- the corona, uh, the coronavirus relief um, fund. So the way it currently is being um, panned out, it's like, of Americans will receive one of the $1,400 checks. And I'll break down in a second what qualifies you to get that check. There is a child tax credit 
that is also attached to this law, which means millions of parents could soon get up to $3,600 per child. So that is also going to be explained, but I'll tell you very quickly that, um, it is broken down based on the ages of the children. So I think it's like from zero to six and then from seven to 17, it's a different, uh, a different amount. Um, also provisions such as an extension of the 300 per, uh, per week, extra jobless aid for millions of unemployed people will be also in effect, as well as what I just mentioned, the expansion of the child tax, uh, tax credit. And that's for low income households. So, um, I'm curious. I got to look again to see what constitutes, constitute, excuse me, you guys as low income. I know I ain't getting that in nigga. You can't tell me I ain't low income. Uh, <laughs> so, um, working families will get 1400 per individual. Okay. So if you're the head of household, $1,400 for you. If you are, you know, in a relationship or married or, you know, I think couples or whatever, the, it would be, a uh, twice the amount, I believe you also get the child tax credit of up to 3,600 per child. And, uh, yeah, three and at least four Americans pretty much approve what they getting ready to get. Now, the way you're going to get your money is possibly the same way you got it in the past. If you received it direct, uh, direct deposits to either your bank account or whatever your form of receiving your IRS tax refunds are or were if you didn't make any changes. Um, but to be eligible to receive this $1,400 check, you must make and earn under $80,000. Couples who file jointly um, are capped at $150,000. Um, no, excuse me, $160,000. People who file their taxes as head of household, that would be I and many of you guys, will receive the full $1,400 if they earn less than $112,500 for the year. However, the payments will be cut off for those earning more than $120,000. So there is an Omni online calculator if you choose to want to see how much you might receive if you're not sure um but the checks themselves uh is said to be signed into law before sunday march 14th so if you're looking to know when am i gonna get my money co i was told Payments are going to start by the end of March. Yeah. So, you guys, you know, be smart about this money, please. Please. Again, $1,400 for single people, $28 for married couple. 
only individuals earning up to 75,000 will get that check. The bill cuts off single people with incomes over 80,000. And um, we're going to see how this go. I just encourage you guys to really be smart about how you, you use this money. You know, if you got back bills, if you got things that your kids need or you got... Don't just be selfish out this bitch and be living your best life, going everywhere you wanted to go but couldn't. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that either. But in moderation, folks, don't go all the way to West whoever to come back home to a padded apartment. You dig? That's all I'm saying. Like, take care of home first. Because that would suck to leave and enjoy yourself to come back and be in fucking awe. Like, what the fuck? There's nothing you could tell fucking housing court when the government has cut not one, not two. But this about to be the third check. That's all I'm saying, you guys. I'm going to get up out of here and um, play you another nice tune. And, you know, wish you a great weekend. Oh, yes, I will be... Uh, coming back tomorrow to give you the second um, second battle. So, you know, stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, you guys, as always, thank you for keeping it, keeping it here with me and enjoying what it is I do. So, yeah, I love you guys much and see you soon. Later, you guys. <laughs>